0: Hey guys, before I get into this episode, I wanted to bring your attention to the description of the episode. There's a link uh, to the form I talked about earlier in the trailer. Um, uh, Feel free to use this to vote on the filler content that you want to see during the month of December while I take a small break from releasing the regular story. Also, intentionally, I did not put a limit on the amount of times you could vote, so if you really want to see a certain story during December. You can vote twice or even three times. That will let me know which stories people really want to hear and how much. So if you really like a concept that you hear, see on the ideas, um, then feel free. You'll probably hear all of the ideas eventually, but December is a special case of hearing them early. All right, now on to the episode. Chapter 19, Taser Band. Bill slobbered on Sam's shoulder as they were passing through a desert on the Skyway train. Sam was slumped against the glass window. He woke to the sound of a beep. We're approaching station 349. Descending soon. Welcome to Phoenix, everybody. Sam blinked, yawned hard again, and his eyes shut open wide. He shrugged his shoulder and Bill's eyes sprang open as well. Sam jumped out of his seat just as Bill took a swing. He scraped his fingers on the chair, and the metal melted into a puddle of bubbling liquid. Bill looked savagely to his left and right, realized he was on the Skyway train, and cleared his throat. Sam rolled his eyes and shook his head. One of the passengers sitting across from the car stared at the two of them, looking confused as he clutched his briefcase. He stood quickly and went through the door to the next car. We're in Arizona, Bill, Sam said, sitting in the seat across from him. We slept through our stop. Did we? Bill said, wiping his face with his hands. He looked out the window and stared blankly at the desert, now turning to more city landscapes with the speed of the descending train. Looks like we'll have to turn around at this next station. The train stopped, and they walked up to an automatic ticket booth. Do you have any money? Sam asked. Bill dug in his pocket and pulled out two small triangular chips. Sam inserted them into the machine. Phoenix to Atlanta, one-way tickets are not available for today. We're going to have to get day tickets. So, what's the problem then? Bill asked. You have to have an account. Out of the way, I'll handle this. Bill shoved Sam aside and began typing on the screen. After a moment, two tickets printed with barcodes to scan. Let's go. They walked up to the ticket taker, handed in the tickets, and the man stamped their wrist with another barcode. Aren't they just let us keep our tickets and have that for the day? Why the extra step of stamping our hands? They don't really care. It's just one step closer to putting tracking beacons in every American under the UA flag. It's about control, Sam. It's a psychology trick. Ever heard of the the foot-in-the-door technique? No? Look it up. They were starting this back before the age of titans. Soon enough, they will have us all putting chips in our wrists in the name of convenience to make everything we want to do easier. Or maybe it's not actually a government scheme for control. Maybe it's actually for convenience. Just a suggestion. Everything you say is kind of about the end of the world, Bill scoffed, like talking to a brick wall. What? That's... Bill stopped right before entering the train. A red laser tracked their hands and scanned the code. Two green names flashed above the door as it opened. Mr. and Mrs. Ellinger flashed back at them as they walked through. Mrs. Ellinger? Sam said. Bill smirked. Wish I would have known. I would have been treating you very differently if I knew you were a lady. Bill's smirk faded and his eyes opened wide. Sam, where did you say we are? Sam cucked his head slightly. Phoenix?
1: He said. Bill waved his hand in front of the scanner, and the door opened again. Come with me. There's something I want to do while we're here.
0: They walked out of the subway, Bill covering his face with a mask once again like he was sick. They flagged down an automated taxi car. It hovered a few feet in front of where they were standing and lowered to the ground, the door opening by itself. Once they were inside, the car began to float. Welcome, passengers, an automated cheerful voice said from the front. There was no driver in the driver's seat, but the dashboard lit up with every syllable. May I see
1: some proof of payment? You will receive change upon arrival if you overpaid.
0: Sam looked at Bill, who dug out another money chip from his pocket and stuck it in a slit in the seat in front of him. Good to go, the voice said from the front. Where can I take you folks today? You have entered a payment good for about thirty-five miles. Anything past that, and I'll require more payment. Please enter an address or enter search on the hologram screen in front of you. Take your time. Hovering in place costs nothing. Bill squinted his eyes at the screen and pressed the search button. Can't remember the address. I think it's called... He paused for a long time while Sam looked out the window at the people on the street. They hovered so long that three separate people tried to flag down the taxi they were sitting in. They met eyes with Sam, who awkwardly looked away, shifting positions. Then walked away to flag another taxi every time Bill tried to type in a search he cursed and tried again. Sam leaned over and looked at the screen. Bill's search history included but was not limited to place with the junky stuff old rundown place with the junky stuff. the place with the junky stuff owned by Lewis Lewis's junky stuff shop Lewis's place that is old and rundown for junky stuff. Bill was getting increasingly frustrated with every search, especially considering the fact that he used both index figures to type, and it took him a day and a half to form a full sentence. Bill noticed Sam, noticing his failing attempts, and frowned. What are you looking at? I'm trying to figure that out myself, actually. I can't decide if this is the saddest attempt I've ever seen at navigating technology or the most agonizing way to die from boredom. My instincts tell me it's a bit of both.
1: Tell your instincts
0: to shut their mouths. Why don't you help me then if you're so knowledgeable with this automatic mumbo jumbo Sam reached over and typed in, second-hand shops near me. A list of shops popped up on the screen. You've got to be more general with your search. If you go too specific, the computer thinks you know exactly what you're searching for and it won't give you any options to pick. Sam stopped mid-sentence when he saw Bill looking wide-eyed at the seat in front of him. He was stiff as a board, and his breathing was heavy. Sam waved his hand in front of his face, but nothing happened. Tears began to well in his eyes and flow down his cheeks. His face grew red, and he began to shake. Does that man require medical attention? The robotic voice said from the front. I don't know, Sam said. Never seen him do this before. Just then... Bill quickly shifted positions, rotating to the side and hiding his face while he wiped his eyes. I found this list of addresses, Sam said looking confused. Are any of these the shop you're looking for? Bill took one deep breath with his eyes closed then he opened them to look at Sam. Shop? What do you mean? We are in Phoenix, Arizona. We hopped off the train and into a taxi cab and we are now looking for the address of a shop. A shop I don't know of, because you didn't tell me where we were going. Any of this ring a bell? Phoenix, eh? I know of a place. Sam pointed to the screen. Well, here's a list of them, if you feel so inclined to pick one. He gestured to the screen. I think that's the sixth person that's tried to flag down our taxi, since we've just been sitting here. Bill scrolled down on the screen, then smiled. This is the one he said, tapping it. The car began to float higher, matching the speed of the traffic above, until it merged onto the skyway. Buildings and desert sand passed quickly below as they ebbed and flowed with traffic. Every car on the skyway was hovering at a speed between 250 and 270 miles per hour. Sam leaned over to inspect the destination on the screen in front of Bill. We're going to an antique shop? He calls it an antique shop to keep away the kind of customers that tend to walk off without paying for the product. Does it work? Not really. So why doesn't he change the name? He's too lazy. He doesn't want to jump through the hoops to get a new name officiated in the books. That makes sense. Welcome to Phoenix, the cheery robot voice said. On your left? Bill grunted and began pressing buttons on the screen, which only changed the language of the tour. Sam spaced out, distantly watching the buildings pass, replaying the scene that just took place in his mind over and over. What on earth happened to Bill just then? He tends to forget what's going on around him from time to time, but that was different. Time moved quickly as he thought. They descended and landed on the side of the road. Enjoy your stay. Here's your change. A triangular money chip stuck out of the slot in the seat and Bill grabbed it. If you'd like to take a moment and fill out a brief survey, Bill slammed the door and scoffed. Stupid automatic car, wouldn't shut up the whole ride. They reached their front door and stopped. Well, here we are. Wonder how Louie is nowadays. The bell jingled as they entered the shop. The place wasn't very big. It was like a grocery store, but in place of neatly lined rows that organized one product next to another. They were instead uneven columns of shelves and racks that formed a jagged maze. There seemed to be no system of organization for products at all.
1: I'll be with you in a moment,
0: the man from the back said.
1: Louie, you still alive?
0: A fat man popped his head out from the back room, his second and third chins catching up for a peek as he <laughs> Oh my gosh. His second and third chins catching up for a peek as he adjusted his glasses. His glasses were so strong that he almost looked bug-eyed. He took a few steps toward them. Figurines on the shelves and ornaments hanging on the wall buzzed as the entire room vibrated with each of his steps. I knew I recognized that creepy voice of yours. You've gotten fat. And you look like more of a pedo than you did before. I'm astonished that's even possible. I wanted to keep my kids away from you before I even had any. Oh, shut your trap. I don't want to hear it from you, hippo. They stared at each other for a moment while Sam looked back and forth between the two, waiting for one of them to speak. Louie caught sight of Sam, staring wide-eyed and lightened his expression. Sorry, son. This rascal and I used to serve together. He stuck out his hand and Sam shook it. My name is Louis Jenkins. My friends call me Louie. What brings you boys to my shop?
1: He turned to Bill. What has it been, fifteen years, twenty? Not long enough to forget. Amen to that. You religious now? Did you come all this way for questions about my faith,
0: or did you come here to shop? Old army friends, wear their welcome fast with your kind of attitude. His big face suddenly drew cold, and so did the room. Sam's breath came out in vapor
1: as if it was the dead of winter. He looked at Bill. Bill stiffened. Elemental. Titan. Dangerous. He said without looking at Sam. Don't forget it. How could I? Really, Bill, did you come here for a battle of titans at a shop? Sam shot a look at Bill. Wait, you're a titan too? he said, cutting through the tension. All high-ranking military officers are, Louis said. You live under a rock, kid?
0: Bill sighed heavily. We're here to shop, Louis. Quit being so paranoid. If I wanted you dead, you'd be eating concrete with half a face.
1: Huh? Big talk from you. Now what are you going to
0: buy? Something for the kid. He's my newest trainee. Louis's face lit up. Really? He locked eyes with Sam.
1: Say, I never did get your name. My name's Sam. Good to meet you, Sam. I have a few questions for you. We'll hook you right up. Sam smiled. Okay,
0: I'm ready. What's your fighting style? Short range or distance? I guess we should start with your talent. What's your talent, son? A healing factor. Louis started for a second, then raised an eyebrow. He looked over at Bill, stared for another second, then returned his look
1: to Sam. And? That's it.
0: Sam shrugged his shoulders, looking away briefly before returning eye contact with Louie, who stared blankly at him again. I'm
1: waiting for the punchline.
0: Sam shook his head pursing his lips slightly.
1: No punchline.
0: That's all I've got. Louis shot a confused and frustrated look at Bill and then shook his head.
1: Well, that's weird.
0: What did your parents have? Well, my mom was a low-level healer. Too low to get her into med school. Too high for government assistance. Nice combo. And your dad? I don't know. Never met him.
1: Jeez. He turned to Bill. Brought a basket case through my doors. What are you training this kid for?
0: Oh, so now you're the interrogator. You're about as good as an interrogator as you are a cook. I apparently heal faster than Mikey, Sam interjected. Louie began to walk toward the aisles. So? A healing factor ain't squat without a nice weapon to back it up. Now answer the first question. Do you like to stay back and think things through, or do you like to get your hands dirty? You have any deconstructor rifles? I could use one of those. That's not an answer to the question.
1: Be straight with me or you'll get on my nerves fast.
0: I don't know. I guess I would like getting my hands dirty. What does that even mean? Hand-to-hand combat. And yeah, that. But I'd actually rather have a gun, which is why I asked about the Deconstructor Rifle. The man smiled for the first time in the entire conversation. Ha! He wants a Deconstructor Rifle. He turned around and headed down another aisle. Sam followed him. What's wrong with that? I feel like that would be an adequate weapon. What, are you just going to roam the streets with a big old rifle in your arms? Head into a Skyway train or a movie theater or a bank, locked and loaded? He'd be shot before you could say, wait a minute, I'm not a threat. Then when you're healed, he'd be shot again. Well, I mean, I wouldn't be keeping it with me at all times. Just when I get into a pinch or I go to a fight or something. Louis gave Sam a side eye as he ruffled through a box of random stuff. Son, do you go out looking for a fight? Sam shook his head. No. Louis closed the box and opened another one. Do you pick on guys twice your size, hoping to get your butt beat on the street corner? Sam shook his head again, rolling his eyes this time. No. Bill inspected something on the shelves as they talked. Exactly. You don't look for a fight. A fight finds you. Now how would you know to have your rifle on you when you need it, if you don't know when you'll need it? Sam shook his head. I don't know. You
1: want a rifle?
0: Louis said, closing the box and turning around to rummage through another one. Rifles are out, you know. Pistols are in. They're much smaller and cheaper, too. Sam's eyebrows furrowed. They're deconstructor pistols? Of course! Louis said, raising his hands. The deconstructor technology is simply boxed up in some bullet casing and shot out of a gun. Ah, he said, pulling out a pair of gloves from the box. Found them! He held his gloves out in front of him.
1: Here, put these
0: on. Sam slipped the gloves on, which were far too big for his hand. Louis pressed a button on the gloves and they shrunk, tightening to fit Sam's hand perfectly like, well, like a glove. He pressed the button again and the gloves shrunk into wristbands. Louis nodded. Now flick your hands down like you're trying to dry them after washing your hands, but there's no towel. Awfully specific example, Bill grumbled from another aisle. Can it over there, Louie retorted. Go find some kids to play with or something. Maybe you'll find some in your fat rolls. Let me take a look, Bill said. Louie closed his eyes, breathing in deeply through his nose. Now look at that, Bill said. We just lost half the oxygen in the room. Sam flicked his hands down just as he said to. Nothing happened. Louie, now distracted from Bill's jabs, cocked his head to the side. Weird. They should have become gloves again. He grabbed Sam's arm and twisted them back and forth, inspecting the wristbands. Try it again. Sam flicked his hands down again. Nothing. Louie grabbed his wrists and touched the center of the wristbands. A flashing orange light with a symbol shone on the bands when he released his finger. Oh, I see the problem. They haven't calibrated with you yet. Buckle up. This is going to hurt. He squeezed two fingers on the bands until a beeping could be heard. Wait, what are you- Sam's sentence was interrupted by intense electrical shocking that came from the wristbands. It made his entire body convulse for a few seconds, then it stopped. Sam breathed heavy for a moment. Then he looked up at Louie. What was that? He said, ripping free from his grip and rubbing his arms. It calibrated to your brain. Old technology used to do stuff like that. Nowadays, the shocks are a lot less noticeable. But calibration takes longer. Same process, though. Same process?
1: What, like torture? Not torture.
0: Well... Maybe actually that would be considered torture, but it has to be calibrated with electrical signals in your brain, otherwise it doesn't know when to do its thing. Now, it's almost like those wristbands are literally an extension of your body. It's crude technology, but it works just fine. Try them now. Sam jolted his hands downward, and the wristbands became gloves, covering both of his hands with lightning-fast speed. Wow! Sam said, looking at the gloves and configuring his fingers into different shapes.
1: They're... metal, but they bend like fabric. Now make a fist with both of your hands like you're going to fight,
0: Louis said. Sam obliged. Throw a few punches, shadowbox a bit, Sam jabbed a few times in the air. Good. Now take your fists and hold them in the air in front of you like a fighting
1: stance. That's right. Now, put them back in.
0: Sam nodded, then did a double take toward Louie.
1: What? Put the gloves back in the wristbands.
0: Oh. Sam nodded again, then looked at his hands.
1: How? The same way you got them out.
0: Sam flicked his hands downward and the gloves retracted into wristbands again. Okay, you've got the sharp release down. Now let's test if they're really calibrated. Bring them out steady rather than shooting them out like you're in a hurry. I can do that? I just told you to. I'm not going to tell you to do something you physically can't do. Sam nodded and raised his hands slowly. Layer by layer, the gloves began to appear until they covered his hands completely.
1: Good. Good. Wait a second,
0: Bill said, now intrigued. Is that a taser band? I haven't seen one since basic. Yeah, old McNamara used to whip the tar out of us. God rest his soul. Louis turned to Sam. Taser bands used to be one of our commander's weapon of choice. Just seeing you with some on would send shiver down the spine of half our infantry. How did you get your hands on a set? They were discontinued and banned thirty years ago. For good reason. Louis smiled pridefully. "'Found them in a shipment box years ago. "'A box full of them. "'Not just taser band, but rocket bands, "'flare bands, and even flashlight bands. "'This is the only set that was fully functional. mint condition, even.' Sam looked confused. "'I don't understand. "'What's the big deal?' "'Oh, it's before your time, kid.' Louis exclaimed. "'These are old slick weaponized wristbands. "'Real retro.' In the 20s, they were a big rage. They sort of fell off the map when a pro fighter lost in the ring to an unarmed man using vanilla talents. Just speed and strength. I still say that fight was rigged, Bill said. You and me both, buddy. In reality, those are more handy than they first appear. They're made of an alloy stronger than steel, Bill said. Louis grabbed Sam's wrist. And I believe... He rotated his wrist. Yep. This model was designed to make it through metal detectors unnoticed. Very rare. This thing can do a lot of stuff with an electrical current. Mostly, it's just used for a quick shock in combat. This model has an experimental mode that didn't quite make it off the ground. The Sonic Blast, made to imitate a super strength punch. Bill smiled. "'I remember that. "'Old Diego got his arm nearly blasted clean off from trying it out. "'Yeah, I remember that, too. "'Good times. "'That's why it never got off the ground. "'It about breaks your arm in seven different ways when you use it. "'The shock waves go both ways. "'Into your opponent and into your arm. "'They never figured out how to make that little glitch go away. "'We'll start with the shock.' Go ahead, give her a try. Louie pointed to a dummy in the corner. Sam walked up and the dummy came to life, falling into a fighting stance. It didn't have any legs. It was just a torso and a pole. It was kind of creepy. The eyes followed him as he moved. Its facial expression angry and determined. When Sam got close enough, it started swinging. Its punches were fast, but not as fast as the robot at the mansion. Sam was much faster than the robot. He parried a punch and quickly jabbed the robot's side. Blue electricity pulsed all throughout the torso. The dummy seized, then fell limp. We'll take it, Bill said.